Matthew Richter, and this is Project More. So for today's episode, the goal is to explore new ways to handle difficult conversations that we've all had at one point or another. And in doing so, I have a very special guest. Would you be able to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. My name is Taylor Scott. I guess I would describe myself as a recent college graduate from the George Washington University School of Public Health, and I'm currently getting my master's in health informatics. Have a lot of uh, experience with difficult conversations. I guess that's why Matthew brought me on here today, having grown up with all women who talk a lot, um, and also gone to a school that basically trained its students how to talk to people across different religions, political backgrounds, different nations. Um, so I'm really excited to, to talk with you guys today. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So yeah, so again, the reason why I brought you on here was ever since I met you back in 20... Oh, damn. Wow. Damn. Now, I'm in trouble now. Matthew. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Um, 2019. Tw- was it 2019? It was t- it was two years ago, 2019. 2019. Jesus. Oh, I know. I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Taylor is my girlfriend. And so, the reason why I brought her on was because ever since I met her, she was able to traverse all of these different conversations. I think it was the first time we met. I brought up different politics. I brought up very controversial Mm -hmm. conversations such as religion Mm -hmm. as well as the current sitting president, Mm -hmm. President Donald Trump. Um, So I have a couple questions here for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of them was, what do you feel is the most common mistake when conversing with somebody about a difficult conversation I I think that honestly people especially in this day and age we're kind of raised to care about our own opinions and to you know cultivate our opinions and let the world know what they are with social media with all the other outlets of conversation that we have but I definitely think that one important thing that we need to remember in doing so is that we're not the only ones talking At some point, I really do think there is something to be said about when you're having these conversations, being in the conversation to learn and to listen rather than being in the conversation to push your own ideals. Right. And so that was that was something that I was was actually reading a book. It was it was literally called How to Have Impossible Conversations. Clever enough. Um, And so what it talked about was specifically entering into a conversation not only to win and or persuade somebody being wrong or showing them oh i'm right i'm smart i am Mm -hmm. the end all be all it's more so just to be okay let me understand your side a little bit more and get get to where you're at like i want to i want to be able to follow your thought process and understand a little bit more right right? if i can um talk about like a little anecdote from our relationship oh my god he's he's stressed now it's like i think me and matthew we don't really have that many disagreements i think with us we agree on most things but we have different ways of getting there it's so in having that conversation 
is kind of the roadmap to understanding each other. And so I think there was one specific conversation that we had, remember, where it was about race. And I think, I, if you don't know, me and Matthew are in a uh, interracial relationship. I am African-American. He is whatever he is. I don't know what he is. Um, and I think I don't even remember what it was. It was Matthew believed the, the definition of what racism is, is what we were talking about. And we were basically saying the same thing, if you really take a step back, but we were just so focused on what we were trying to get across that we just got so irritated. So I think it was definitely after that conversation that we had that we really started sitting down just between me and you and kind of trying to understand how to talk to one, to one another and how to you know, kind of be selfless and just, under, you know, have these conversations to understand, not mm-hmm. to get your own point across. And I think the the most important part that I've learned thus far uh, over the years is is primarily to always, every once in a while, reflect and, and or pretty much check yourself. Right. To really just really kind of control your emotions. Mm-hmm. So specifically, like there's definitely... I remember that that conversation mm-hmm. that you're referring to, um, and definitely there were times where like I was very, very heated. Yeah, I wasn't. He was. I was very heated, <laughs> um, and it was at, at times where I was like, okay, I need to really kind of restrain myself. And there's there are times, especially whenever kind when you're having these conversations, you need to control your emotions. Of course. And you almost you could essentially say that you needed to take a break. Like exactly. you need to step. I need. To, I need to step away right. from the conversation. There's. There's nothing beneficial that can come from this. Yeah. And of so I need to walk away. But it can be so hard, can it? When you're just trying to f- kind of force this person to not only understand you at the at the core of it, it's about understanding. But also, you just want them to kind of agree with you you know people just want to be agreed with and understood and so when you're kind of in that heated moment you just want that person to agree with you right now you know time is what matters just listen to me right now and understand me but I think one thing that I learned from a very very early age um, being in a household with three women who have are very passionate about what they believe and what they say is that the value of stepping away going to your room taking a breather respectfully saying hey I need a minute I'll come back to you a second it can save relationships it really can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i actually want to kind of expand upon your last thought was that you're never going to be able to really convince somebody if if they're so stuck up in their own point of view it's very very hard to convince somebody otherwise right so the one thing that i've learned especially being in the mental health career field is that it's pretty difficult to actually change someone's mind right and it's 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 something known as like the rubber band effect the Mm -hmm. the harder that you pull and the harder that you try and convince somebody Mm -hmm. and say oh you're wrong this is Mm -hmm. right it the the harder they're going to hold on and or latch onto their own beliefs right um is there anything you want to add yeah i think that's a really good point i think that uh when you were talking about the rubber band effect i think um the most that you can do, keeping in mind that effect, is to 
what if you did it gently? You know, what if you just had a civil conversation with that person? Imagine the power of having a civil conversation. And if not changing that person's mind, at least making them understand and having a broader perspective of what you're trying to say. I completely agree with you. I have never, I don't think, I don't think I've ever changed someone's mind in my whole entire life. And I don't ever really plan to just because I know it's impossible. But I always aim to at least have people understand what I'm trying to say. And I think that definitely throughout me and Matt's relationship, there's been, there's some things that we don't agree on. And I think that's what makes both of us so interesting to each other. But I don't want Matt to understand, or I want Matt to understand, but I don't want Matt to agree with me. I want Matt to understand me. And, you know, again, there's a beauty to that. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is there, there are times where, you know how I was talking about how most people aren't going to change their minds. Mm-hmm. The one, I guess, technique, so, so to speak, that I've seen where people do actually change their mind mm-hmm. is whenever you have them explain their side. Yeah. Okay. And and as they're explaining it, and right. then as they're detailing, as they're describing it more and more, they start like just taking a second. And you're like, oh, okay, wait right. a minute. Okay, now I can kind of see the flaw in this. I can see the yeah. flaw in that. I don't. I've never mm. experienced that before. It it, it takes some practice. It's, it's hilarious yeah. whenever I'm I'm talking to somebody. And they're like, oh, well, da, 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 da. this is the reason why, right. you know, she did me wrong or this is the reason why he yeah. did me wrong. It's like, like yeah. can you expand upon that a little right, bit more? And as they're explaining and describing or kind of almost fighting for their own side, right? like as they're talking about it, as, as we all do, especially mm-hmm. whenever we're talking and stuff like that, we always constantly think about what we're saying. Like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't see it from his side. As I'm saying it out loud, exactly. this doesn't sound so good. Exactly. Right. And at that point, boom, mm-hmm. like is that that one little phase in time? They're like, okay, well, that kind of really good point. That's a little chink in my armor. I yeah, gotta, I gotta rethink point. everything. Of right? course. So, so the next question that I have for you is now that we kind of talked about whenever you kind of hit that brick wall and mm-hmm. you're, they're not budging and or emotions run hot, mm-hmm. everybody's gets getting frustrated. How do you feel we should transition from frustration and anger to having an actual productive conversation? Right. Okay. That's a great question. Um, Just going again from that frustrated moment to kind of trying to finish the conversation that you were trying to have with the person. I don't know. I think that this is probably the hardest part for me because I will admit when I get in my feelings, you know, it's really hard to get me out of my feelings. Um, but you know, I think that because it's so hard for me, I think that I practiced it a lot and that's why I think that I have a right to talk about it right now. What I personally do is of course, you know, you take your moment, you go into another room, you take a deep breath. And then what I do is I remind myself that the frustration that I'm feeling is not against the person that I'm having this conversation with. The frustration is against the situation, against the topic of conversation. If it's we're having a discussion about racism, I'm not mad at Matthew. I'm mad at racism in and of itself, to use an example. Um, so just reminding myself that this person isn't a horrible person. This person isn't purposefully trying to misunderstand me. We're just at a, a point in the conversation that we need to work through. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and at that point, I have, I have two things that I want to talk about is mm-hmm. that people in general 
and just like whenever you're having these kinds of especially these kinds of conversations most of the time it's the people that you know mm-hmm. it's your coworkers, it's your family members it's your significant other it's mm-hmm. your whoever right mm-hmm. and at that same point i i highly doubt that they're really trying to cause harm exactly. to, towards you right mm-hmm. they're not there to and they're not going to engage in these kinds of conversations to specifically hurt you emotionally Mm -hmm. right they're there they're trying to actually work and figure this out Mm -hmm. um as we we've had a couple of times right Right. and so they're all they're going to be on your side so instead of thinking of it as you debating towards somebody that's on the opposing side Mm -hmm. or you being a democrat you being a republican or you being pro this pro that you thinking of it as both of you guys are a team Mm -hmm. and or partners in this conversation and if not even partners just you guys are just both human beings you know i think that you know not everybody's going to have a difficult difficult conversation with their significant other but you just guys at the core of it are just two people that live on the same earth you know if you want to kind of get conceptual with it (laughs) and so the second point that i want to bring out was how you can actually try to transition from frustration and or Mm -hmm. anger to just going back to normal back to where you guys were having that kind of productive conversation was that there are times where yes emotions are high but also at the same time what Mm -hmm. you can do if you are a little bit more level-headed right and you see that the person's being on the defensive see that other person's is is starting to get aggressive and or is starting to kind of shut down is giving them kind of a way out yeah right Mm -hmm. and so that's where it goes into kind of like this modeling behavior where it's like okay well i'm gonna show you the same respect as you should have given me right Right. that's not how it usually goes all the time right but i'm going to give you the same respect as i wish i was given right so -hmm. for instance like if somebody is already starting to curse the other person is starting to kind of say oh you're a dummy head, wherever the case may <laughs> be, dummy right? Head, right? Right, Nobody exactly. As we word. do, as we say. You know, everybody says <laughs> you're a dummy head. But saying, hey, I understand you you, you feel this way. I can I can see your side. Mm-hmm. I can you, you do bring up some good points here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just still feel as though this particular side does have a little bit more logical sense, right? Exactly. And that way you give that person a right. kind of a way a respectful way out mm-hmm. instead of them cowering in shame like oh well that guy was yeah that guy was an asshole because i just think it's so easy when you feel like you're winning and i'm saying that you know you can't see me but i have uh hand quotations winning because i don't think that the aim should be winning but it's so easy when a person feels as though they're winning in a conversation Mm -hmm. to shame the other person to you know beat them when they're down and to say so yeah and i told you so etc and so you are making a great point and you know believe me especially being the older sister of a person i have been the one that kind of has kicked someone when they're down and been like you know i told you so but like Matthew just said when you're trying to have a productive conversation it really isn't about the winning it really isn't about um you know getting your point across and forcing another person to make them understand it's about giving that person a way out so that you guys can get to that productive conversation Mm -hmm. and can I also mention something how to um uh go from having this frustration for me and this is really weird and I only give this advice when you're a person who is kind of like touchy-feely and like likes hugs for me it's so important 
to have like to pat someone on the arm or if it's Matthew to like you know give him a you know peck on the cheek or something it's if I don't have that kind of like physical touch and maybe that's just my love language after I'm frustrated then I will stay frustrated and and that's something that I've definitely noticed and it's the oddest thing I don't know that's that's like one of those things where you always hear like oh don't go to bed angry or something yes exactly it's kind of like the making up moment for me Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So I'm going to circle back around and kind of continue the thought that I had with um, modeling the behavior that you want to see in the conversation Mm -hmm. uh, was that whenever you're you're talking about how we get frustrated, we lose our tempers, we we have more control over our our emotions, but also the way the conversation is going to inevitably end and or go because me giving you that respect and me saying particular words and certain phrases and, and controlling the, the tone, the pitch, the, the kind of attitude of my, my voice can drastically change the course of the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm relatively short with my words, if I am quite firm whenever I'm talking, mm-hmm. if I'm not giving you the chance to actually speak mm-hmm. and continue the thought that you were having, that's mm-hmm. more than likely not going to go very well. Exactly. Right? So the thing is is that we we have more power over the conversations as well as just our all, overall entire lives more than we actually know and, and actually consider. Um, so then now going on to the next question that we have here is how do you control your own emotions when conversing with somebody that is irritating and or frustrating goodness goodness <laughs> i mean it's hard it's another hard one because i know i'm a very passionate i can get passionate about anything you can argue is gouda better than cheddar and i'm about to get into it <laughs> so and if especially if a person is being kind of arrogant or rude whatever you have it to me or i'm like kind of perceiving that it's what do you mean? I think I think you actually you you mentioned it earlier on. You uh-huh. were like, I I'm not irritated. I'm not frustrated at the person. Exactly. I'm mad at the situation, or, or right. I, I'm mad at that 100%. how you're not fully understanding me. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so again, it gets that gets into that kind of mentality. It's like, okay, well, we're trying to have that kind of productive conversation yeah and we're trying to get to an end result yeah and i'm mad and or frustrated that you aren't seeing that or you're not there with me i mean because it's two things they're not willing to be there for you and now you're kind of getting to the point where you don't even want to be there still so there's two options here one sometimes in order to preserve the relationship, and I know this is kind of against the point of the whole podcast that we're having right now, but believe it or not, and it's going to be a controversial topic, you don't need to be having that conversation with that person. You know, it is not the end of the world if you don't express your point of view in that moment in time. You know? And what do you think about that? So, the funny thing, you see me shaking my head over there. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. And so, that that's also a very good point, is... Mm-hmm. Even to begin with, whenever you are planning or even contemplating on having these kinds of conversations, yeah. you need to make sure it's with the right person. 100%. Right? Uh-huh. Um, 
so for instance, like I'm not going to be able to really talk and speak freely, me being in the military, speak freely right. with my coworkers, with mm-hmm. my, my boss mm-hmm. about all of my thoughts and beliefs, right? 100%. It, it, that's just not appropriate. Right. Right. But there's sometimes where like, yeah, I can I can talk about what's going on in my life and right. what I actually believe with with you, with mm-hmm. my family, and, and with a with a handful of friends. Yeah. But already you're kind of pre-filtering out who has the actual maturity to right. kind of handle these conversations yeah. and who can actually essentially hold their temper exactly and or be able to converse with you yeah but say it is on the other side of the coin and then it's both of us having a conversation about something i think that there are some conversations that need to be had and that you can't just skim over and so when you have to have that conversation you really can't avoid it i would say and sometimes what i try to do is just set standards for the conversation that you're about to have if you know it's going to be a difficult conversation you start you sit both sit down say to the person that you're trying to have a conversation with you know respectfully there won't be this there won't be yelling there won't be cursing i really really want to try to understand you i really want you to understand me so let's have this conversation if that conversation needs to be had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and whenever i'm talking about like having these different or these difficult conversations i'm talking about like whether it be you or having like a work squabble, like yeah. you and you and another coworker aren't getting along, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys aren't seeing eye to eye. Um, you and your mother or your your father in law or something like that. Mm-hmm. They're you get again, you guys aren't having issues, right? Those are the kinds of times where it, it might not be a bad idea to also have somebody else there. Yeah. Right? So someone important. kinda have a mediator yeah. or, or somebody that honestly does see both sides of course right to because again with that there's always three sides to the story yes so it's it's not just you against him but it's also you can have somebody there to be like oh well you can that person can call you out on your bs as well right Mm -hmm. and so having having somebody there to kind of keep you in check as well um it's always nice to be able to kind of facilitate that as well i completely agree um but primarily, every once in a while, like there are times where you do get frustrated, and you're like, "Okay, hey, I'm the." For me, there are some times where I'm like, "Okay, hey, I'm gonna say it out loud, like, hey, I'm frustrated." Yeah, I'm frustrated, and that way it, it lets you as well as myself know, like, "Okay, well, guess what? I'm getting frustrated right now. Right. I either need to take a break or I need to." Yeah, but also I think it's important to say I'm frustrated, but I'm not frustrated at you. You always say to me, you know, if you get irritated, you like, <laughs> he always says, Taylor, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the situation. But it's so, and he said it once, but every single time he gets irritated, I'm going to need him to say it over and over again. Because it's so important to, you know, just not, again, make sh- the other person feel comfortable in the conversation. So mm-hmm. if you just try not to hurt their feelings, it can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, kind of getting closer to the very end of the conversation, what, and this is going to be a difficult difficult thing for you. Uh-oh. Right? right. What do you do when you have to admit that you are wrong? Oh, he's saying that. I can't admit when I'm, I'm wrong. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So, it's hard because I'm very rarely wrong. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to have to think about this one. 
What do you do since you're wrong more than me? So <laughs> I, funny enough, so I, I'm going to reference a book. It, it's funny. So um, there's a couple of people that have, you know, referred me off over to a book called Extreme Ownership mm-hmm. by uh, Jocko Willick. He's a really good guy. He, he's a really good guy. So he, um, retired Navy SEAL, um, has definitely uh, a lot of battle experience. I think he, he's a commander there. He obviously has his own podcast. He has his own book. Amazing stuff. Um, but what he talks about is having extreme ownership all the way up to the max. Like, yeah. all the way to the max, right? Mm-hmm. So make sure you're able to own up to everything that you've done, mm-hmm. right? So definitely there's been times where I've lost my temper. Uh, I've definitely said some things that I shouldn't have, right? All those kinds of things. Like, I'm going to own up to mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just my philosophy. That's how, right. that's, how I, that's how I do it at work. Like, if I, if I mess something up, if I flip the dub, I'm just uh-huh. going to own up to it. Right? Of course. Um, own up to everything and that I've had control over. Yeah. And... At that point, then there really isn't anything that you can say that I didn't. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so at the very end of the conversation, like, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. list that yeah. and the other. Yeah. And now I kind of understand what you're trying to say. Of course, no one's perfect. Of course, you know, all jokes aside, I have been wrong sometimes in my 23 years of life. And, um, again, like Matthew already said, I do, I do believe in the power of apologizing, but I think that the mechanics of apologizing is very important as well. I think that a lot of people are still in the defensive when they begin apologizing, and I think that it can absolutely ruin an apology. Say, for instance, if I do something wrong to Matthew, I'm not going to be like, well, I was trying to do this and you weren't really going to understand me or you weren't really understanding me, but I guess I apologize. It's completely different from, I understand where you're coming from. Yes, I didn't do that. And that's why you're hurt. I was trying to do this, but I see why you were hurt. So many people do the former and that's why, you know, and I always say to a lot of people, I always say to Matt, you didn't apologize to me. And he's like, yes, I did. And I'm like, well, I need you to do it again. Because in my in my book, apologizing needs to be done in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the funny thing is that um, most people have heard the, the five love languages, sure, right? Yes. So, uh, you know, um, touch, you know, gift giving, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Uh, it's funny, the, the same person that did those, the five love languages, mm-hmm. I think, I believe that there's five um, let's look it forgiveness up. languages. Yeah, let's look this up just so that we're sure, because I think you're making a great point. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm going to just say this for the record, hers is literally all of them. All of them. No, it's funny because I have five, uh, lo- all five love languages, and I also have five, the five languages of apology is there what it's go. called. There you go. And um, Matthew is so patient with me most of the time. So, yeah, the five languages of apology, let's see um, here, because I have them pulled up right here, is expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting, and requesting forgiveness. And I just, I, you know, it's not even funny because I think that all five are just so important in every single apology that you're trying to do. Um, because those, I mean, you have it just right there. It's so important to do all five and to make the other person, again, 
feel understood, feel like the person understood what they did wrong so that they'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> it is difficult at times, though. Very difficult. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with, with that is... Again, like at the very end of the conversation, at, at the very end of the day, uh, you do want to make sure that both you as well as the person are walking away from a conversation saying, "Hey, I, I think we we understood something. Exactly. Like, I, I, I learned a little bit more yes. from you and uh-huh. got to know you a little bit more. Yes. And that's how most of these kinds of conversations, especially when I'm going forward, conversations that I would like to have." Is that I would be able to like I would be able to say oh yes okay now I get to know Taylor a little bit more I'm mm-hmm. I'm able to uh, get to know my coworkers a little bit better so that way now I can have a little bit more productivity Definitely. at work um, so that way things run a little bit smoother right. right and that's what a lot of people tend to happen and that that's what I've seen is that again the primary focus is that people just want to be right they they, they don't want to understand the other person's side they just want to be right Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people they try and have these conversations to get that instant gratification to get that instant instant um Mm -hmm. response Mm -hmm. and be like oh yes oh you're right yes Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day patience is 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 a virtue yeah it is something that is is it takes practice Mm -hmm. it takes time to fully understand um but once you actually apply that patience uh, once you apply that restraint for a little bit and that discipline you're able to fully understand and and see how other people interact with each other yeah and you'll be able to fully understand where people are coming from Mm -hmm. and then after that it's it's really easy to read people and really easy to kind of go about life in in a very easy way all right, so the, yeah, so that was pretty much all uh, all that yeah. I had, all the questions that I had for you, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I had so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely, we'll be having you on later on. Okay. Uh, so again, my name is Matthew Richter. This is Project More. I wish you happiness, growth, and more. Mm-hmm.